0: Turn with me in the scriptures this morning. Go to Philippians, please, the third chapter. And then uh, I believe we'll be going to Hebrews, the twelfth chapter. Uh, Philippians 3 and Hebrews 12. For some weeks now, we've been on the subject of perfection through correction. And everybody has really been excited about it. Oh boy. Yeah. And getting more excited. Well, can you get excited about being just like the master? No, that's what we're talking about. In Philippians, the third chapter and the twelfth verse. I'm going to read from the Good News Translation. He said, I do not claim that I have already succeeded or have already become perfect. I keep striving to win the prize for which Christ Jesus has already won me to himself. Of course, my friends, I really do not think that I have already won it. The one thing I do, however, is to forget what is behind me and do my best to reach what is ahead. So i run straight toward the goal in order to win the prize, which is God's call through Christ Jesus to the life above. The New Living Translation says a similar way. I don't mean to say I've already achieved or have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on this. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we've already made. He talks about perfection, Christ-like perfection. And he says, I don't count myself to have arrived at that. But I'm forgetting about everything behind me, and I keep reaching toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is that mark? What is that high call? What is that prize? It's being just like the master, which is perfection. Now, if you weren't with us, we mentioned that if you say anything about perfection... Most of the time, people hear that word, and they just shut off because their belief, their thinking is, well, nobody's perfect, and the implication is, and nobody can be. And of course, if you believe that, you're not going to even make any kind of attempt to try to be something that nobody is and nobody can be. But that's ignoring many scriptures in the New Testament. The scripture says, be ye perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Do we just look at that and go, God, why didn't you know that nobody's perfect? (laughs) Why would you tell us such a thing when there's no way we can be? And Jesus said, the servant's not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. So, Perfection is not an impossible thing. It's something we're called to. It's something we're supposed to be pursuing every day. But we need to define what God means when he says perfection. When we hear perfection, we think flawlessness, perfection of flesh. No flaws, perfection in performance, perfection in knowledge. No, we are not. And in this life, we will not be perfect in flesh perfect in knowledge, perfect in performance. But the Bible said the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro throughout the whole earth. And he wants to show himself strong on the behalf of him whose heart is perfect towards him. And if you look at other translations, it means those who are wholehearted towards him. We're not going to be perfect in knowledge. We're not going to be perfect in flesh or or performance. But we can be perfect in heart every day. Wholehearted. I mean giving him our all. And if we will do that every day, we will be more and more becoming like the master. Hallelujah. Do you believe it, saints? Hallelujah. Brother Billy Graham, our elder in the faith, he's walked with the Lord for these decades now. And uh, he made this comment, uh, this statement, I should say, that uh, we've been referring to. He said, Being a Christian is more than just an instantaneous conversion, it is a daily process whereby we grow to be more and more like Christ. Being a Christian is more than being a believer. It's becoming a disciple. Hallelujah. And we gave the martial arts example of how that, you know, the old show uh, Kung Fu. How that uh, the star of the show kept having flashbacks to when he was a boy and training with the master and, and learning the the techniques. Well, uh, that's how we're to think with Jesus. He is our master. Hallelujah. And we are his grasshopper. We are his uh, uh, apprentice. We are his uh, disciple. A disciple is not just a believer. A disciple is one in training. Hallelujah. Will you accept Jesus not only as your Savior, as your Redeemer, but accept Him as your Lord and Master. To receive training from Him every day. Now go with me to Hebrews, please. Hebrews, the 12th chapter. As you know, Hebrews 12 comes directly after Hebrews 11, (laughs) which is the great... Hall of Fame of Faith. All the those who received and did great exploits, saw miracles through their faith in God. Have you read it? Yes. Actually, it begins in chapter 10. And it flows through chapter 11. And it continues in chapter 12. This wasn't written in chapter and verse. This all flows together. But in chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore seeing also we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. A number of translations say the author and perfecter of faith. Not just our faith, but faith itself. And of course, that would include our faith, because our faith's a measure of his faith. But he is the faith master, the faith master, author, and perfecter. The, a, a master is one that has perfected their art, what they do. An apprentice is one who's learning, but the master has perfected, whether they're a master painter or a master sculptor, master, whatever. Well, Jesus is the faith master. Hallelujah. Which is another way of saying the master of pleasing the father, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And Jesus said, I do always those things. That please him. Also being a faith master. Is being a master. Of overcoming the world. (laughs) Every sin. Every temptation. Every trial. Every test. Every problem. Didn't the scripture say. This is the victory. That overcomes the world. Even our faith. And Jesus is. The. Not a. The. Faith. Faith. Master, and the good news is he is involved in helping us. Master faith. Hallelujah. And he told us, you're not going to pass me. <laughs> well, we believe that, right? Yeah. But as you are perfected and fully developed, you will be like me, you will be as me. Oh, hallelujah. Do you believe it, saints? Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. But it won't happen. By just saying I believe in Jesus. And that's the end of it. I've arrived. I'm there. No. No. Keep reading here. Maybe I should say this again. I mean yes. Our righteousness. Is perfect. Perfect. Because it's His righteousness. Our righteousness does not need to be perfected. Our faith does. So we're not talking about doing things so that we'll be counted righteous in God's eyes. We already are through the blood, through His sacrifice. But when you're born again, you're born a baby. And uh, we're we're to grow up. We're to be fed on the Word and grow in the things of the Lord and become more and more like the Master every day, every month, every year. Do you have a desire for that? We can be. It's supposed to be that way. But it won't happen just like in the natural. You're not going to become a master, artist, painter, sculptor, martial arts, whatever. You're not going to become a master by just laying around doing nothing. And if whatever it is you're doing is going to be perfected, then you're going to be corrected. Is that right? The master's going to say, no, not that way. This way. Right? Is that a bad thing? That's a good thing. Should it upset you? Should it insult you? Should it offend you? It should not. You should rejoice. When you get corrected because I'm that much closer. Is that right? To mastering this. To getting this right. Keep reading this passage here. Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Despising the shame. Is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. How did he do all that? He did it by faith. Faith in the father. Keep reading. Considered him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Now the scripture cautions us about feigning, getting weary, getting tired, and quitting. This is the danger. Verse 4, You've not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and have you You've forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. Don't despise correction, and don't faint if you're rebuked. Now, rebuke can be strong. Nobody said it was fun. In fact, a few verses later, it says it's not fun. That's the Keith Moore paraphrase. (laughs) It's not fun, it's not easy, but it's because you need it, and it's love that's doing it. But what, what do you do if you get corrected? Don't despise the correction. Why would he tell you that? Oh man, people are despising correction, right? you talking about one of the most unpopular things in the whole wide world is being corrected. Much less being rebuked. (laughs) We got a whole generation of folks. That will receive no correction. Unless it's a compliment. Couched in soft tones. (laughs) They will not receive it. They'll get mad. They'll get hurt. They'll get offended. And it's why they are still spiritual babies. And have not developed. But we'll talk more about that in a minute. Don't despise. Somebody say don't despise. Don't despise despise the correction. Don't faint. When, didn't say if. When, you're rebuked. Who among us never needs any correction? Who among us never needs a rebuke? (laughs) It's kind of quiet in here. It's not a trick question. The answer is none of us. There's there's not a one of us who day in, day out never needs any correction or never needs even a rebuke. If you don't pay attention to the correction, eventually you need a rebuke. You need something stronger to get your attention because you're going off the rails. And it's not because somebody's trying to insult you. Somebody's trying to save you. If it's godly correction like what we're talking about here. Keep reading. For whom the Lord loves. What does he do? He chastens and scourges. He, he corrects and disciplines. Every. Didn't I tell you it was all of us? Every son whom he receives. There's a lot of talk about how much God loves us. Well, what does that mean? He said, man, I've been getting a lot of correction. You are well loved. you you are well loved. If it's godly correction. You are well loved. Whom the Lord loves. Say it out loud with me. Whom the Lord loves. He corrects. Say it again. Whom the Lord loves. He corrects. Does he love you? Then what does he do with you? He corrects you. Do you receive it? Do you? Good. I'll accept your testimony. <laughs> Keep reading. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as, as with a son. For what son is he whom the father chastens not? If you be without chastisement, whereof of all are partakers. Didn't I tell you? All of us. All of us. He keeps saying, every one of us. All of us. Then are you, most translations say, illegitimate, And not sons. Well I'm a son. How about you? Furthermore we've had fathers of our flesh. Which corrected us. We gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection. Unto the father of spirits. And live. That's another very unpopular idea. Submission. Subjection and submission. Are from the same words. It's, It's yielding yourself. It's acknowledging. Someone over you. And taking your place under them and submitting your will to their will. Most folks in this country think that's just plum un American. Say love. But it has always been God's way. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's actually great protection Amen. and great love. And it's just having good sense. Acknowledging somebody who knows more than you do. Somebody that has more than you have. Somebody's in a position to help you and train you. In verse 10. Verily, for a few days they chastened us after their own pleasure. Means as they thought was right. But he for our profit. That we might be partakers of his Holiness. Oh my. Easy to read translation says. But God disciplines us. To help us. So that we can be holy. Like him. That's that's what's going on. Is a molding and a shaping. So that we think more like him. Act more like him. Act like the master. Just like the master. You remember in the beginning days of the church. When uh, the Lord used the apostles and, and, and had that miracle, uh, the lame man that called beautiful and, and in other things, the Bible said that uh, uh, the people even endeavoring to sit in judgment over him, makes a comment that they took notice that they had been with Jesus. Why? They're acting like Jesus. When they go out there and say, arise and walk. Well, that's what Jesus did. Yes. Is that right? And it happened. What's well, What's happening? Oh, grasshopper is not grasshopper anymore. Is that right? They might have been bumbling and fumbling, but now they're making the same moves the master makes. They're doing them just like he did them. Come on. Can you see that? Is this, shouldn't this be exciting to us? But what's it going to take to get us from where we are to that kind of thing? Correction. 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 No, not that way, this way. No, not that way, this way. No, not that way. Do you need it? Yes. Do I need it? Yes. Somebody say, I'll receive it, Lord. I'll receive. receive it. I receive. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord, for your loving correction. Hallelujah. Love's correction is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Turn with me, please. To the book of John. Gospel account of John. Well ho- hold on. Uh, did, you, you, did you leave Hebrews? You can find it again. Get, get Hebrews before you turn. Hebrews 12. He, he made this statement. Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher. Of our faith. Verse 1. Before it had said. Seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us do what? Lay aside aside what? Every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. One of the biggest problems of Christians running their race which is the same thing as living by faith, walking by faith, following Jesus, you could say it in a number of the same ways, is all of the baggage. Yeah. I said baggage. Uh-huh. Right. All of the weights and the sin. Now, not everything that's hindering people is even sin. Not everything that's hindering and slowing down and holding back is sin. It can be a weight. That's why he differentiates between weights and sin. Sin, what is sin? Sin is violation of light to him that knows to do good And doeth it not. To him it is sin. Sin has to do with. You know you should be doing it. But you're not doing it. That's sin. You know you should do it. And you're not doing it. You know you shouldn't do it. But you are doing it. It's a violation of light. Thank God there's repentance. Can you repent? And do what you know to do. Quit doing what you know not to do. What's he saying? Sin is going to beset you. It's going to hinder you. It's going to hold you back in your mastering faith training. Why is my punch so slow? <laughs> Why is it so hard to get my leg up to kick? Why am I so slow? It's because you've got ankle weights and weights on your hips and wrist weights. Come on, are you listening? And you're wearing a 75 pound suit of uh, of mail and stuff and you got all this junk and and you got bags and trailing behind. (laughs) Why am I not quicker? Why why is my technique so sloppy? Because of all this junk. Somebody say weights and sins. What needs to happen with these? What needs to happen with these? They need to be removed from us. Laid aside from us. How is that going to happen? Go with me. I tell you, on your way back to John, stop by Second Corinthians. It's on the way. Second Corinthians six. Second Corinthians six. Fourteen. He said, "Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers." For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? Keep reading. What conquered has Christ with Belial? What part has he that believes with an infidel? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Wherefore do what? Come out. Come out. From among them and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean and I will receive you and be a father to you and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now keep, read the next, this all flows together. Having therefore these promises of him being with us and walking with us. Does this sound like being trained and and being loved and yeah. Dearly beloved, let what? Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Is this New Testament? Yes, yes sir. Is this to us? Yes, sir. See, some people want to leave the impression: well, all you do is believe in Jesus, and everything's done, and you don't need to do anything. Well, that's not right. It is true. Everything that needs to be done to save us has been done. Everything that needs to be done to make us acceptable uh, as sons of God, our righteousness, it is perfect. But we still have minds that need to be renewed. We have flesh that was not born again that needs to be put under control. Come on, are you listening to me? And we are not born fully developed like the master. We're born a baby. Mm -hmm. It, didn't the Bible say, as newborn babes, yeah. desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow up thereby. And we're in this curse-filled earth, and the challenge is not to be contaminated and not to let these sins and these weights attach to you and bog you down in our pursuit of being like the master. That was actually pretty good preaching. Wasn't it? <laughs> Do you believe it? Yes. <laughs> My grandmother used to say that. Wonderful cook. She's in heaven now. I'd come in the kitchen sometime. She'd have the big pot. I mean, back in her day, there was no microwave. There's no instant anything. You started with a, a, a frying pan or with a pot and some flour. And so anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and after hours, she'd be going. Mm-hmm. She said, that is good if I did cook it myself. <laughs> well, the Lord's helping us. Amen. Do you believe these things we're looking at and talking about? Yes, sir. Oh, thank God. You and I do not have to be bogged down. Amen. We do not have to be burdened with weights nor sins. We can get clean. Amen. We can be free. I, you, you've heard me talk about I was in martial arts for many years of my life, from age 10 till, uh, what was it, about 18, all the time. And we're always looking for something to give us an edge. And a guy came in that I'd been training with one day, and, man, he had shaved his mustache off. And I said, what, what? He said, I think it might make me a little bit quicker, a little bit, <laughs> little bit <laughs> Get, get rid of some of that wind resistance. A yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little bit quicker. <laughs> well, Art, do you suppose there's anything in your life that could be hindering you? Right. Could be slowing you down. Right. Maybe not even a sin, but a weight. Mm-hmm. Something that needs to come off. Yeah. Yes. Yes, sir. Well, why don't let's just... Go ahead on and get her off. What do you think? Go to John 15. (laughs) John 15. The Lord is so good to us. You know why? Because he loves us. He loves us enough to not leave us where we are. Is that right? Keep helping us. Come on. Come on, boy. Get back up. Do it again. No, make this adjustment. Right, that's better, but you need to do it some more. Come on. Tighten that up. Do that better. Get rid of that. In uh, John 15 and uh, verse 1. John 15:1, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit. He takes away. Now, this would especially refer to unsaved people. And you can see that in uh, other verses. But every branch that bears fruit, he just commends and says, That's great. Huh? No. Do we believe the Bible? Yes. Every branch that's bearing some fruit, is bearing some fruit good? Yes. It's good. So what does he do? He purges or prunes. Why? Why? That it may bring forth more fruit. So you, you learn, you grow, you produce some fruit. What's the Lord going to do? Huh? He's going to say, that's great. Now, this thing over here doesn't need to be here. <laughs> and what are you going to say? Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I just made some fruit. <laughs> exactly. You're doing good. But don't be so foolish as to suppose you have arrived and can't do more and can't produce anymore. The truth is you're just getting started. If the Lord would tell us all in a moment of time and show us the full picture of all the dead wood in our lives and the weights and sins, we'd just go, huh, and you <laughs> fall out and go, oh, God, put me out of my misery. Just, there's no way, it's too much, it's too, he won't do that. He'll show you this thing and maybe this thing. You go, oh, okay, okay. And you get that off, and then you get that off, and you go, hallelujah. I got him off, Jesus. I got him off. he go, that's great. That's great. Doing good. Let's deal with this one over here. Huh? I know that one was. A- yeah, there's actually 43 other ones over there, but have- he's only going to talk to you about this one right now. Why would we be so proud? Why would we be so ignorant and foolish? As to act like we don't need any more correction. Or we don't need, we, we've arrived already. How many believe Paul was well down the road when he was penning these words in Philippians? Yeah. Had he followed the Lord to a great extent? Yeah. And what did he say? I don't count myself to have arrived. I don't count at this perfection he's talking about. He said, but this one thing I do. I'm forgetting everything's in the rear view mirror and I keep on picking them up and putting them down. What's he mean? I'm getting closer. I'm reaching toward that mark for that prize. I'm going to be more like him by the end of the day than I am right now. I'll be more like him by the end of the week than that. What's that going to require? Getting rid of the dead wood. Getting rid of the weights. Getting rid of the sins. And only an individual... Knows their own heart. You know. What you're not doing that he told you to do. You know. What you're doing that he told you not to do. And. There's like we said there's some things. It's not even, You couldn't even call it sin. You're not violating light. But. It's not adding anything to your life. It's taking up your time. It's taking up your money. It's taking up your energy. And you are getting nothing in return. It's just. A sap on you and your resources and your life. It's a weight. It's dead wood. It needs to come off. What would be the result of it coming off? Greater fruit. Hallelujah. Our productivity in good things of God would immediately come up. Instead of three pieces of fruit, we'd have 12 pieces of fruit. Glory to God. Fruit. That remains. Can you say I believe it? I receive it. I receive it. Thanks Thanks be unto God. And it has to do with, like he said, holiness. Now, when people hear holiness, their minds go off on tangents, but holiness is the opposite of ungodliness. Or worldliness, referring to the world that rejects God. There's a lot of stuff. It is completely godless, and there are things worse than that, anti-God. You and I should have no part of these. There's a lot of things we just shouldn't be a part of because people are yielding to wrong spirits there, and they disrespect our Jesus, and they reject our God. Is that right? And we, we just don't need it, and there's a whole lot of things. You want to think in terms of eternity. I'm spending X amount of time and money doing this every day, every week. Once in a while you want to stop and go 10,000 years from now. Well, I think this was worth spending this much of my life on. Because you're going to exist 10,000 years. from. Come on, are are you with me? But a whole lot of stuff in this world. The Bible said don't love the world. Don't love the things that are in the world. Because all these things, you know, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, it's passing away. Oh, but if you love the things of God, that's forever. Hallelujah. And he's talking about fruit and fruit that remains. Can you say glory to God? Turn to Ephesians, please. (laughs) What is it? Ephesians 4. (laughs) Ephesians 4 talks about he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith knowledge of the Son of God, to a what? Verse 13, perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is Ephesians 4.14. That we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro. And carried about with every wind of doctrine. Speaking the truth in love. Grow up into him in all things. Does that sound good to you? Not being easily misled. Growing up. Skip to the fifth chapter. He said. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish. How's he going to do this? He sanctified and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Where we just got through reading in John 15 where he said that he would, uh, if you bear fruit, he would purge or prune it, that it'd bear more fruit. The very next verse says, now you are clean through the word that I've spoken to you. I heard you laughing a minute ago. What is it? <laughs> what do you want to do with that?
1: <laughs> I got a wrinkle. And I got a spot. <laughs>
0: what do you want to do? Are you okay with it? Huh? What's the deal? What do you care? <laughs> I see people all over the crowd. This is bugging them, man. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Help me with this, Dave. Do I need any help? Huh? What? (laughs) Help me. Come help me with it. What is it? Ah, What?
1: What? What?
0: It's always something, always something.
1: <laughs>
0: non stop.
1: What is it this
0: time? I can't do anything right. I'm here preaching my heart out. I guess you, I guess you think something's wrong. <laughs> God I'm doing the best I know how and all I want to do is find fault it's always something else it's always something else every day there's something why would you think there's nothing else why would you think you've arrived and one of the biggest problems Phyllis touched on last week if everybody in this place has told me about this And you told me about it eight years ago. It's no wonder. I am sick and tired of hearing about this. But whose fault is it that I'm still hearing about this? We could have been done with this eight years ago. Should I be offended? Because he wants to help me with this. Should I be insulted? Should I have my feelings hurt? Should I get mad? No. Why does, why does he want to get this off? Why do you want to get it off? Why? You care about me. You care about what I look like. You care about this going all over the world. <laughs> Is that right? Because <laughs> you love me. And because you love me. You're not saying, by saying there's a spot, that I'm nothing. You're saying, he's so close to being perfect, we just need to get these things off, and he'll be just right. It's not an evil thing. I shouldn't be insulted. Oh, come on, can you see this? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Don't despise correction. Yeah. See it for what it is. Love. Amen. Love just trying to help you with that thing. If you had that fixed, glory to God, glory to God. Yeah. you're getting there. They're Amen. Amen. Oh, always writing me, is it true? Or is it true you just won't receive any correction? When would you receive correction? And under what terms and how? Would you even accept it? No. If you're going to come up from where you are, <laughs> how should I act? Somebody help me with this. What, what's going on? Do I need something? Yes, sir. Could you help me? What what? What? You see something? Thank you so much. I didn't see that. Could you help me with that? Yes, sir. How is this better? Yes. Oh, glory to God. Yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. So I'm there. Huh? I've arrived. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right? Everybody's pointing. What? What? Come on now. I just, I just repented and got, got this right. Man, it's just something all the time. That doesn't change the fact. It either is need to be changed or it doesn't. And being immature and wearing your feelings on your sleeve and receiving no correction. is only going to hurt you. I said, it's only going to hurt you. So I still have a little ways to go. (laughs) Huh? Is that right? Can you help me? Can you help me? Somebody, can you help me? Yes. What do I need? It's not right. It's not right. Help me, please. Help me, please. Glory to God. I didn't know that was going to feel that much better.
1: Hallelujah. I didn't realize it'd been there. I didn't know it was. Hallelujah!
0: Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Be teachable. be correctable. be quick to humble yourself. be quick to be taught. be like the master he said, come learn about me I'm meek and lowly in heart. Uh, you know if you more people see you more people know about you more people feel free to criticize and um, I'm not ready to receive condemnation for no reason. But even if somebody writes something or sends something that's very unpleasant or uncomplimentary, one of the first things I want to know if it's something that catches my attention, did I make a mistake? Did, do I need to make a change? And if I do, let's get it done. And if not, you file it in the appropriate place. <laughs> but I know I have not arrived. I know I need to learn more, I need to grow more, I only know in part, and it's the parts I don't know about, that I could have some things wrong, I could have some blemishes, I could have some spots, and have had them for some time, and what happens is you get used to them. Is that right? You're not even aware of them. But if the Lord will help you through somebody else, maybe they got dealt with that same blemish. They dealt with that same wrinkle. And if they could help you and recognize that it's him no matter who it's coming through and even if they don't do it in the softest tones or in the wisest way still, don't you want to get rid of the spot? Don't you want to get rid of the wrinkle? Hallelujah. Stand on your feet everybody. Oh, thank you Father. Hallelujah. Phyllis, would you come please? let's close our eyes and just present ourselves before the Lord if you would say it out loud Father God I repent for getting offended getting hurt getting angry anytime you were trying to help me directly or through other people Our purpose, to recognize your love, to realize what you're doing, and to submit to you, and to receive your correction, and to be glad, to be washed, hallelujah, and become more like you, hallelujah, more like you, every day and every night, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.
2: Glory to God. You know, as Keith was doing that, the Lord gave me the funniest illustration. How many of you have ever had a garden and had old-timey vine-ripe tomatoes on them? Or have you ever eaten an old-timey vine-ripe tomato? Do they taste different than these greenhouse tomatoes that you go to the grocery store and get? How many? Raise your hand. I'd like to see that you know what I'm talking about. They taste different than these store-bought tomatoes. But when you go in the store and you get these greenhouse tomatoes, don't they look perfect? They look like there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. There's nothing to cut off of them. There's no bug spots on them. But if you had your choice and you were sitting there on your counter this tomato that was grown out in the garden and it had some bug spots on it and it had some spots that you had to go in with your knife and cut off those spots to eat that tomato or you could choose the tomato from the grocery store that was grown in a greenhouse. Which tomato would you choose? The vine ripe one that you had to cut the spots off of. And the Lord said to me, That's the way some things are. It looks like they may have some spots, but you cut those spots off of them, and they're just as sweet, and they're just as good, and they taste so much better than that old stinking vine ripe one that looks perfect. That's the way we are to Him. We're sweet and lovable and good. <laughs> but sometimes we've got to cut off those old bad spots in us. And he'd much rather have us. That he's grown. With, and we've got those few spots that we can cut out. Purging. That's what he was talking about today. I'd rather be somebody that God can use and have that sweet in me. <laughs> that real sweet meat that people can love and eat and enjoy, than some old green tomato that you can't even eat or be anybody be around. Can you say amen? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.